What's good, y'all? Welcome to episode five of the Creatives Unhinged podcast. I just wanted to take the time to say thank you to everyone who's been supporting us along the way. This is a huge milestone for us. And trust me when I say, this has not been an easy process. This episode is special because it features one of my good friends, Cam Bev. If you haven't gotten the opportunity to meet him or you haven't seen his work, just know that his creativity transcends the sports world in a magnificent way. The goal with this podcast is really to bring a real authentic energy to the world of creativity without all the filters, without all the BS, and to allow your favorite creators' personalities and stories to lead at the forefront. All right, so I'm not gonna bore you with all the reasons why we're doing the podcast and why we think it's the best thing since sliced bread. I just wanted to say thank you and I appreciate y'all for rocking with us. As we always say, let's get unhinged. All right, so welcome back. Creative is Unhinged. We're doing a new episode and we are in LA. Um, I am your host, Janine, the real Jay Will, other people call me. And I'm here with my co-host, Chance, who finally decided to show up for a pod episode. I'm always showing up. I just usually have car problems. <laughs> so we have a special guest today, or actually he has us as special guests in his home. Um, if you can tell by the vibe, we uh, we did something a little different. So welcome, Cam Bev, the GOAT, to the Creatives it. Unhinged pod. How you feeling, man? Feeling good. Appreciate the introduction. Um, happy that y'all came and uh, tore my place up a little bit. But, yeah, it looks crazy in here. It definitely looks crazy, but... Um, my OCD is gonna be all right because I know it's everything is for the content. So yeah, and when we leave, we'll we'll make sure we yeah, play it. Nah, up. it's 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 all good. It's all good. It's, it's uh, what time is it right now? Two fifty three in the morning. Yes, yeah, that's about the hours we keep. So you're a late night guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to be like a lot more of a late night guy. Now yeah. I'm trying to like go to sleep early and wake up early, mm -hmm. so you get that like four a.m. Like I try that's to what time I'm doing. it. Get up at like four, and then you try to get as much as you can before that sun come up. Mm -hmm. It's really like you know, have two, three days in a day. You wake up at four, so yeah. So I'm trying to do now, but you know, you have nights like this to just mess up your whole week. Yeah. So then it's just yep. and yeah. it's hard to get back. Yeah. But, I've been yeah. I've been doing five thirty, um, and I'm not gonna lie. When I get up at five thirty, the day is just yeah, it's so much better. You feel better, more lot productive, down. all of that. Yeah. 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 So what's been up, man? How's it hanging? Uh, it's going. Yeah. Shit. Left foot, right foot. You know, trying to figure it out. What's new in the the life of Cam uh, Bev? What's new? I feel like everybody asked me that, but I feel like it's pretty repetitive. Yeah. Like, I'll be in the crib. I'll be editing. Mm -hmm. Making different pieces, like making art. Yeah. You know? And that's, like, really what it come down to. Yeah. I feel like you are kind of off the grid, but at the same time, it's like... You're not because you working. We yeah. just don't see you. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like to keep it that way. Like, yeah. I don't really like to like show face everywhere. I yeah, mean, I don't know. It's just like I know what I need to get done here. But, yeah, you know, it's just people will edit a project one day and think it's ready to go, whereas I'm taking two weeks to two months yeah. depending on the project. Mm -hmm. Just whether it's a passion project or whether it's something I'm getting paid for, it's just like for the love of the art, and yeah. that's what a lot of people have just lost in this day and age that we in now. Yeah. And it's sad, but it's only getting worse. Yeah. But I feel like we don't get a lot of time now. Two months. To work on stuff. No, we don't because everybody tries to rush it out and yeah, tells us. We, we need it now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. nine times out of 10, especially when you're doing something for 
corporate level anything, it's yeah. it's it's not gonna be the work that you really want to produce. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, you hope that whenever you're working with these people that they trust your vision as much yeah. as, you know, they wanted to hire you, they trust your vision as much mm-hmm. as that. So, you know, it's not too much disconnect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you popped out for the USC thing. I thought that was cool. I walked in. Yeah. I did not expect to see you there. And it was cool because I feel like it was me, you, Cool Max, Sean, Steven. It was like literally everybody that kind of started building that community in the beginning before it got crazy out here. So it was kind of nostalgic to see everybody in there. And then on top of that, USC was kind of lit. So yeah. USC is going to be lit this year. Yeah. And no, I did, it did kind of feel like old times. Like, yeah. You know, I just remember, like, early, early on, like, obviously you have Cassie, who was doing this, like, probably mm-hmm. before any of us was. Like, yeah. she was at, like, the old Drew League. Like, mm-hmm. so she's, like, I look at her as, like, a trailblazer, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have people that, you know, like, when me and Kumat came on kind of at the same time, like, mm-hmm. people don't know. Like, we was, like, splitting hotel rooms and, like, mm-hmm. going to Philly just, like, yeah. like, we didn't have no real credentials or nothing. Mm-hmm. We just knew some of the players and they yeah. knew that our work was cool. So it's, like... Like, yeah, uh, yeah, come on over. So we was just funding our own way, trying to make it happen. And yeah. it's just like now to just see, like, I guess the opportunity that we kind of like paved, I guess. Because before mm-hmm. that, the cam, the, the camera stuff it wasn't, wasn't cool, cool like that. At all. Yeah, like, it wasn't cool. You had a camera, like you're looked at as, oh, the camera guy. Like, oh, he yeah. could just take a picture of us. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like we came in there and tried to be, one, relatable. Mm-hmm. And like, a lot of people in this space are fans. And mm-hmm. that's that's what is the downfall to a lot of these yeah. people. So yeah, coming no, in there, it's facts. like, I always look at these people like, I'm on the same level as them. Whether yeah. it's true or not, in my mind, I'm just like, look, like they doing all, everything they doing out here, like, I used to hoop at a high level. Like, I yeah. can put the ball in a bucket. Like, if y'all yeah. want to, like, we could go do we that. We could line it up. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like. We could line it up for sure, yeah, yeah. I look at them like, there's no way they get behind the computer and do what I do. Yeah. So it's like, that's a different perspective, actually. That you was know? different. Wow. I never thought about it like that because I feel the same way. And I've been in some like conversations with other creatives where it's like, I'm not media. I say this all the time, but it's like, I'm a hooper first. Exactly. I just happen to be creative and I actually happen to be good at what I'm doing. And but the reality is I was a bucket. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. they, there's nobody that's going to step to me and tell me otherwise. I don't exactly. care who you are. But thinking thinking about it from that perspective, like, yeah. y'all can't get behind this computer and do what we doing. Not at all. Nope. I mean, and I have, I've had people tell me, wow. like, if you were 6'4", you'd be in the L. And it's yeah. like, sure, the L is impossible. It's hard. Like, I got friends that are very, yeah. very, very talented yeah. that should be playing games. The, yeah. the league is very political, whatever. I'm not trying to say I'll be, people going to go crazy with me saying yeah. But I could hoop. Yeah. So it's like, there's certain limitations on certain careers and certain things that you, yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah. height is a factor. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to guard no one. And like, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't do it. Like <laughs> whether it's the lateral quickness yeah. or getting me in the yeah. post, it's just not going to work. Like yeah. God is, you know, didn't make me yeah. like that. So, but you know, I'll give you 45 from three, but yeah. <laughs> that's only going to take you so far. <laughs> But y'all not giving but, me 45 on this computer. Nah, Yo, nah they're not even going to give me 20. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's oh. crazy because I never even thought about that. Nah, me neither. That was kind of just off the dome. For so real. what made you like actually get started into like 
being a videographer or an editor, you know, just right. getting in the creative world. Right, right. I mean, in high school, uh, it was all hoop, right? So yeah. everything growing up was just basketball, basketball, basketball. Like mm-hmm. going to the gym every day. I'm playing on three AAU teams at a, you know, at a time, mm-hmm. hopping around weekend. Who playing this weekend? Who playing that weekend? Yeah. Live periods, all of that. Up until that point, it's like get a scholarship, right? It's mm-hmm. like you want to go D1, do all that, right? Mm-hmm. So then um, when I was in fifth grade, my dad actually had cancer. Mm-hmm. And that was like a moment, you know, for me, I didn't really understand it too well, but it was just like my dad is sick. Mm-hmm. But like I just remember telling him like when I seen him like that, I'm like, like you're not going to pay for my school. So yeah. when I eventually did get my scholarship, although it was D2, it was just like a a moment for me. It's just like I kind of like, you know, upheld that commitment. Mm-hmm. So from there, you know, got on, got into school. College basketball is very, very political. So, you know, you have your your favorites, the people who were like heavily recruited and all that and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's like I come in there, you know, I'm a five nine white boy on a good day. Like, you know, I'm just first glance, like, you know, they not like the teammates not respecting me and whatnot. So you gotta earn that. Yeah. And then I did that. And then it's like you still really don't get the opportunity that you deserve or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. So then my junior year, um, I was just like, picked up a camera and I was like, let me just film myself for some content, right? Mm -hmm. So I just started filming for like, just like old, old Instagram, really like little clips and like, like reels weren't even a thing at this time. Like the old logo, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. and um, picked up a camera and started filming for that. And then I was like, I'm kind of good at this. So yeah. let's try to make it a career. Yeah. And like, that's really how it started. So then mm-hmm. it was like, what do I got to do to turn that into like making this something to where it could be monetary? Mm-hmm. So then it's just from there, I just started DMing everybody, hitting up trainers, players, this and that. Like, hey, bro, like, can I come film you here? I'll make you a mix, whatever. It was free work for like, like four years. Yeah, real. I was just going to say, did you have your experience with free work? Like yeah. most of us kind of had a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think free work is necessary. Yeah. Um, I just, there, it's a fine line because mm-hmm. it's like, if you do too much, then it's going to be expected. Yeah. And that's when it just starts to be a burden on you. And mm-hmm. especially if it's not going to benefit you in any way. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, up to this point though, you know, I've done free work for a lot of people and kept relationships and they've turned into something. Yeah. Like, I've never I've never asked anything from any of my homies or whatever that in the L or anything like that as far yeah. as like like I don't know, monetary or whatever. It's just all been like natural conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's like from that, you know, you do free work and you build and then like you could help they could help you get other opportunities. Yeah. Some of the athletes that I was working for early on, I was doing free work for them, but it's like if they got a deal with a company, it's like, all right, well, I got my guy. Mm-hmm. So you're he's gonna film it. Yeah. And then they would see my work and be like, Oh, he's valid. Like, all right, cool. So yeah. then I send them the invoice. So it's like yeah, yeah, the yeah. talent's getting paid, but I'm getting paid for the creator fee. And I'm also, you know, just building my relationships mm-hmm. with one, the brand, and two, the athlete or the person. Free work is necessary, but you just got to be careful with it. Is there <laughs> a timeline on it, though? Yeah. Is there a what? A timeline on it, because you said four years. So do I need to do work for four years to, I mean, to get somewhere? I think you have to be like prepared for that. 
I, yeah. I don't even think it's like necessarily a timeline. You just got to be prepared to put in the work. Like if you want to do something, obviously it's not going to be a walk in the park, whatever it is. So yeah. especially this video stuff, because there's no right way to do it. And I think that's the biggest thing that people don't understand. It's like you can go over and over in your head again on an edit, but it's never going to be right or perfect. Yeah. So I would say do free work until you know that you're good enough to charge. Because mm. a lot of people out here are just simply delusional. Like they'll see their work and they think that it's of a certain level, but it's really not. I mean, sure, you, you could charge like at different rates whenever you're, you know, doing your work. If it's when I first started, I was doing weddings for like 500 bucks. Like I'd, a full wedding? Yeah. Like that's was, insane. My that's first crazy. wedding, I was bad day for 500. But that's when I had like my first camera ever. I was still learning. It was the homie's wedding. You know, it's just like, that's how you grow and that's how you learn. It's like, for me, it's like I was getting that 500, like, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> when I was still putting in the time to make it good, even though I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was like, put in the time to learn it while you're making it so it is good. Yeah. So then from there, it's like, you grow faster with that because you actually care about your work. You care about your art. You care yeah. about improving YouTube University, learning, watching hella tutorials, transitions. People don't want to do that. They don't want to put the time in. Yeah. And everybody always asks me, like, do I need a camera, a good camera when I'm starting out? What camera should I get? Oh, it's not. Yeah. I always tell people, like, like, why are you trying to get a Ferrari, but you're not even in the Indy 500? Like, you're not in no big race yet. Yeah. Like, you could start off with a Camry. You still driving down the street. Like mm -hmm. you gotta. <laughs> That's a good analogy. You gotta folks really out. ain't driving at all yet, uh, and they not, like not at all. Like what they, you driving? Yeah. I'm about to hear me one. Like, I got a license. You try, yeah, you you. That's that's another one. They don't even have a license down yeah. there. Half the time they asking what car to drive, what yeah. camera to use. Yeah. And they don't even have a license. They don't yeah. even know how to work the camera. But they asking which what, do I need the best one? Yeah. Use your phone. Like yeah. Use something. Just get creative. Yeah. yeah. But, I'm low key getting mad because people. <laughs> Yeah, I know I'm I'm really getting pissed right now because like I I low no not low key I started with an iPod touch. Like nah, that's actually crazy. An that's iPod touch. I'm in the gym for period recording basketball practice with the iPod touch. We, I've seen the footage. iPod touch is crazy. I've seen the footage. It's crazy. What yeah. quality is that? You said what quality? Yeah. 1080. Like, it was solid. It was it's, solid. It's 1080 on an yeah. iPad? It was solid. Oh, iPod. IPod. IPod, iPod it was solid. Yeah. I iPod. think I had the, I think I had the iPod like five, iPod touch five or yeah. something. Yeah, it was solid. I was shocked actually. It was wow. It did what it could for the environment, but now like kids are popping out with FX3s. You know what I'm saying? Don't even know how to use the camera. Come on, yeah. bro. Like it's that crazy. really like Damn, she just gonna come at you like that. <laughs> I coming at yeah, I was about to say, because I, I don't have an FX3. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, but I think, like, to your point, like, that's valid because I think two things. One, your timeline is your timeline. Like, to me personally, I feel like, and you, we talked the other day, it's like, mm -hmm. you, you know a couple people that blew up after a couple months. And some people, it may take four to seven years. It may take longer. Like, it's going to be different because everybody's, like, they everybody's grind is different, too, like. Are you going home at the end of your shoots and you got kids and a job and stuff like that? Or are you going home and you just strictly going to the computer to edit and learn new stuff? Like everybody's process is different. Yeah. So that's like the first part. But I think the other thing is like everybody is is jumping in without getting their feet wet first. And like, yeah. what camera do I need? And they're getting these $7,000 cameras 
and they don't even know how to use them. And it's like, learn the tool that you have first. It can be an iPhone. It can be an iPod. It could be a basic camera, Sony a6600, right? It could be something so simple. And it's like, you could be a master at that camera and your stuff look better than some people who got some crazy cameras. Because yeah. I know some people sure. that I'm like, mm, you walking around with that thing like you the man yeah. and your work is low key mediocre. You know what I'm saying? Not to be shady, but it's like, you know, so just learn the tools that you have mm -hmm. Because then when you can't afford to upgrade, your shit just looks 10 times better. Like, I remember when I first got my A1. It was yeah. like, ah, oh, I felt like I had God's camera. Yeah. But it's like, I learned everything else on a Canon T3i, on a A7S II with a mm -hmm. terrible bit rate. Like, learning bad color grading. I did all of that on the bad cameras first. And then as I got better, it's like, okay, now it's worth me investing in a tool that's going to help make my job a little bit easier. Right. Oh, now I want to get into maybe making documentaries. Now I'm going to get an FX6, right? Those are the steps. And everybody's steps are different, but it's like, bro, don't ask me what camera I'm shooting with. And you can't speak this camera language. Because yeah, it's like, <laughs> you got to take the baby steps first. Yeah. People running, they, you know, jumping the gun, man. Yeah, I'm going to just say it. A Canon T7i. Yes. Yeah. I'm shooting on a Canon T7i. That's yeah. what you get, like, from Costco in the pack. <laughs> you get the kit lens. The one where you, yeah. you know. <laughs> nah, that's actually insane. He said from top Costco in the pack. Oh, oh you, man. You I wanted that, that for Christmas. You get that year. little slow ass. <laughs> I wanted that for Christmas. You get that little slow ass memory card and all that. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Get your little 16 gig. Yeah, facts. facts. Yeah. Nah, you, you had to say something, though, about timeline. Everybody's yeah. timeline is different. And I just want to touch on that a little bit. Pause. That's not crazy. But um, <laughs> don't get them activated. <laughs> Please don't get chance. Oh, activated. No, this is serious. This is yeah, serious. serious. Lock in, lock in. Um, but yeah, you talked about timeline, mm -hmm. and I think that that's one of the the biggest things that people don't take advantage of. You got to take advantage of the timeline of your life, mm -hmm. right? So you talking about kids and this and that. A lot of people don't figure out what they want to do until it's too late, mm -hmm. and then they're just stuck in a rut of paycheck to paycheck, paying bills, this and that. Yeah. When I was in college, I come home from practice. I'm on a computer. Mm -hmm. My teammates would go out, party, go wherever. And I'm just like, for what? Like, y'all going to graduate or <laughs> most of them didn't. But y'all yeah. going to graduate and then try to figure it out. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, I'm in college right now. I don't have crazy, you know, overhead. So mm -hmm. I'm going to take advantage of this time. Yeah. I don't have no one to give my time to commitment-wise, whatever. So during those, like, I guess— three to four years where I really locked in was the time where I just built myself in, mm -hmm. in this, you know, lane skill-wise. Yeah. So when I was able to graduate and go out and be ready for the opportunities, go to the gyms, film mm -hmm. the, the the stuff, make the edits, I already knew what I was doing because yeah. I, I was already locked in, putting in the time, figuring mm -hmm. out how to do it. And people just go to college and spend four years because they don't know what they want to do and they mm -hmm. just waste that time. Yeah. And it's like, people say, well, how do I know what I want to do? You got to try shit. Yeah. Like, you can't just sit there and be like, I don't know. You yeah. got to try. You got to fail. You got to do this. You got to do mm -hmm. that. Like, it, that's the only way you're going to figure out if there's something that you like to do. Yeah, no, that's a fact. So, yeah. like, how do you handle when people come to you and they're like, how did you get this? How did you get to work with 
these athletes? How did you get to shoot this event, this project with this brand? Like, what do, what do those conversations look like for you? I mean, I think a lot of people think it's, it's like a golden opportunity I had gotten or, you know, I fell into like a perfect situation. And like mm-hmm. in many cases, sure, that's true. But even when you fall into those situations, like you have to be prepared. Mm-hmm. And it's not even prepared from the from the talent level. It's prepared on like a human level. Just mm-hmm. having conversation, having rapport with people. Like I hoop my whole life. So when I'm around these basketball players, like I already know how to speak their language. Like I, I know what a, a hezzy... To, to a step back to the to the euro to the mm-hmm. left hand finish is like yeah. some people that have the camera not even going to know they're going to be like oh he just did a dribble with a with a nice shot off the backboard like yeah yeah <laughs> i mean this this is serious though it's like you, you really <laughs> it's a real thing you have to know your area and it's like you have to know your lane <laughs> it's 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 funny, but it's just like there's so many squares in this true, lane, though. and yeah. it's like they wonder like, and it's not even if they're squares and whatnot because that's a bad word, right? Yeah. I've been called a square by some people too, but yeah, it's like you you just you have to you have to not be like fans really in this mm-hmm. in this lane. Like you can't be a fan. No, that's a fact. And you you have to have respect, and then if you give them respect and you show your worth, they'll give you that same respect. The moment you walk in a room like you don't belong, they smell it on you. Yeah, every time. And the door shut. That's how I feel. Not saying you got to go in there thinking like you big time, but when I feel like when you level that playing field to like you're human, I'm human, it's a lot easier to navigate the rooms even if you're not super talented because it's like we can relate as people. But when you go in there and you look wide-eyed like you don't belong or... You don't know how to move. You don't know how to act. Like people will treat you there and like that, and they will put you in a box. They're gonna keep you right in. They're gonna box. keep you yeah. in that box sure. until you fight your way up out of it. And then yeah. now you're mad. You're mad at them because they didn't respect you. They didn't respect your work. They yeah. didn't treat you. You know what I'm saying? And it's like then you're mad at how other people get to move in spaces, right. who sometimes you may feel like aren't as good as you. Yeah. Why did you let this person in? Well, sometimes it's simply just. Like you said, relationship based, mm-hmm. being able to speak the language. Like I know for me personally, I've been in a lot of rooms just because I simply know how to speak the language. And when you talking to me about some basketball stuff, I'm gonna probably blow your mind because I know exactly what you're talking about. It's not going over my head. When you're looking for something specifically, like in the creative work, even if you can't articulate it, I know exactly what you want. Yeah. Cause I can speak that language. And yeah. it's not easy for everybody to do nah, that. And so, like with speaking that language, ever since I first started filming the the athletes or the celebrities, I mm-hmm. hate that word, but the people that have a higher <laughs> status yeah. in life. High right? profile people. Yeah. yeah. Speak some somebody called me a, a C list celebrity the other day. I was like, is that an insult or a compliment? Do I like how do I take that? That's crazy. <laughs> they called you a C list celebrity. I'm yeah, I'm just like, that I'm good. Go either like, way. I don't even want the label. I promise you I'm okay. <laughs> hey, C list is crazy. Yeah, but it's borderline disrespectful. Yeah. Low key, but you know. <laughs> like, just don't call me a celebrity. You know if you're going to call me a C-list. Just call me a human. <laughs> C-list. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> but a lot of people, when they first go in there, it's like they're so timid yeah. about just everything they're doing. And whether mm-hmm. that comes from lack of confidence or lack of experience in the mm-hmm. work that they're doing, it's yeah. like they're just so scared to talk or interact. Whereas, like, yeah. 
first day I'm filming whoever it might be. I'm yeah. they're looking at my camera. I'm like, nah, louder, speak up. Like I'm yeah. filming, I'm like, can't hear you. Nah, move over. Nope, don't like that. Say it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling them directly to their yeah. face, just like that. And yeah. it's like, some people might think it's aggressive, but at the end of the day, they know that, okay, he's looking out for me right now. Like mm-hmm. he want to make sure I look good. It's not, no, yeah. I'm not a yes man. I'm not just going to be like, yeah, yeah, you good. Yeah. Nah, I'm going to tell you. You got you, a job like, to do. Exactly. Like yeah. I got a job That's to facts. do and you got a job to do. Yeah. So it's like, if you speaking too fast, if you mumbling, you stuttering, I'm going to tell you like, nah, slow down, put some emphasis on this. It's going to be better in the edit. That's how I'll build something. If I'm making an edit and I know like, okay, I need him to slow down here, put emphasis on this word here. I'll tell him exactly how to say that. Yeah. But 90% of the people out here not going to do that. Mm-hmm. They they just going right. Yeah. They just going to say, oh, you, you could just say it however you want to, man. I'll, I'll make it work. Yeah. And then it's not to the level of their yeah. mind, of what they thought it was we'll going to sound like. We'll fix it in post. We won't say anything. We'll fix it in post. This is funny because this is exactly how you said it. That's exactly how people talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seen we've it. seen it firsthand, It's a great switch. So yeah. what, like, what gave you that confidence? Is it because, like, you were an athlete or is it because it's just something that's kind of in you? Like, what? I mean, yeah, it could be that. I mean, it's it's funny because, like, the color of my skin has given me certain opportunities mm-hmm. and I have way more black friends than I do white friends. Mm-hmm. And growing up, every time I walk into a gym, it was like, they looked at me as like, oh, he not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. So whereas people of my skin color in the world fit in, mm-hmm. growing up, I never fit in. Mm-hmm. In my lane, you know. Yeah. I walk into a gym and I had to prove myself every day, whether that's me shit talking or, you know, yeah. just I really had to gain my respect in yeah. that lane. Like I remember my dad used to, <laughs> me and a couple of my friends back in high school, he used to drive us down to Compton. Mm-hmm. Drop us off at this little park run or whatever and just be like, go get a bucket. Like, figure it out. Like, yeah. get tougher. Mm-hmm. And then, like, through that, like, I started to get white chocolate, this mm-hmm. and that. Then, like, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> so you build from stuff like Not that. Not the real white chocolate. <laughs> and then it's like. White Iverson vibes, man. <laughs> you know, you, you build from stuff like that and you yeah. get confidence through those experiences because you're yeah. forced to. Like, yeah. you're, you're literally thrown into that situation. And it's yeah. like, well, I. Sink or swim. Like, yeah. My dad had me doing all the spelling bees, the mm-hmm. the speech meets. The I knew Martin Luther King's I Had a Dream, word by word. Mm-hmm. He came into my catechism class on Sunday. Yeah. Said, oh, my son wants to say the speech in front of y'all. I had to walk up there and say the whole speech. Oh, God. Next that day was at school, crazy. I walk in. Same thing. My dad's there with the teacher. Like, oh, yeah, my son wanted to say a speech in front of the class. Oh, my God. I'm sitting he there like. me out. That's hmm. OD. All right. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. So was stressing like, us out. I was yeah. forced to talk so much at a young yeah. age. My dad be on the phone with somebody and just hand me the phone. Be like, who is it? Be like, mm-hmm. figure it out. Figure Hello? it out. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. And it's, I was just forced to communicate. Mm-hmm. So when I got older, it's like, not an awkward communicator. Like, I know how to talk to people and I know yeah. how to hold a conversation. I know how to be a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that complicated to me. Yeah. But to other people... So if you can imagine yourself as somebody who wasn't that outgoing and maybe outspoken and confident, what advice would you give somebody who's like trying to figure that part out? Talk more. Yeah. Like you're trying to get better at something, right? You're trying to, if you're bad at free throws, you're going to shoot some free throws, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to try to get your percentage up. Mm -hmm. 
you can't get better at sh- making the free throws if you don't shoot the free throw. So it's like, if you scared to talk to somebody, you just got to... Put yourself out there. Do it. And yeah. it's going to get better over time. You're not always going to be bad. You're not always going to be fumbling over your words. It's just you got to throw something out there, see how they react, and then play off that. At the end of the day, we're all human. <laughs> we all going to die. This really don't mean nothing, honestly. That's how I look at it. Like, it means something as far as, like, leaving your legacy. But yeah. you go and talk to somebody and it don't go how you want it to go. Who cares? Like, it is what it is. That's a great mentality. I feel that. So what are some, like, obviously, like, we've seen your journey as friends. And Chance admired you a little bit. I admired your work a little bit. We We talk all the time about, you know, the stuff I feel like you do really well. What were some, like, pivotal moments for you as you're, like, getting to this point where you are now? Hmm. Reflection. That's, like, the toughest thing to do as a creative, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sure, you know, you think the same way, similar, and, like, my mind is, like, always moving on to, like, what's next, what's next. So it's never, like, reflection, yeah. especially on, like, old work. Mm-hmm. But it's great old work, though. It is great. I and it's like some good stuff. the pieces that I make, like I, I'm confident in saying they're great just because I know I put so much time into them. And it's mm-hmm. like I only put out a select, you know, few pieces of work per year, really, because it just takes me a long time to put those pieces together. And yeah. it's like I take a lot of pride behind that. So when you talk about like pivotal moments, like there's certain videos that are here in some people's mind, mm-hmm. but are here in my mind mm-hmm. just because the artistry of another one might be a little better, even though the story wasn't there, whatever it might be. Or it's, yeah. they don't have as much clout in the other video, And mm-hmm. but I like the edit better and the art better. Yeah. But not people are, people aren't seeing it like that. But right. to answer your question, um, I think the Vogue piece was really yeah. one of the biggest things yeah. for me. I mean, you know, growing up, like you see all these magazines, right? You see what if Vogue, GQ, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. just anything upper echelon, you always want to get in there. You want to be published. I remember like- Yeah, that was a big thing on, for a that long was big, time. Right? We early need to get Instagram, published, published so we get verified. <laughs> yeah, all of that, right? So it's like- Still ain't verified. I'm yeah. published multiple times. You can buy it. <laughs> and I was an athlete. You could literally look me up. Still not verified. Make it make sense. Shit's wild. I had- <laughs> <laughs> I had someone literally change their whole name to my name, and I'm still and you're I still, still can't not get verified. verified. Got an impersonation going it's crazy. on. Fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, I ain't paying it. <laughs> yeah, they're nah. not getting it out of me. Nah, just saying we want it. Fourteen ninety nine. But the Vogue piece, yeah, great piece. Yeah, I think um, in my mind, it was kind of crazy how that happened too. Because when I found out that Vogue wanted to publish it because mm-hmm. first we were just going out there filming the content and we were going to try to pitch it his agency mm-hmm. and then was going to pitch it yeah and then we, we didn't hear anything for a while so i actually went out to rolling loud to film that and then i heard back from josh's manager mm-hmm. and he was like vogue wants the video they want to publish the video and mm-hmm. i have three days to finish it i go back home i had to go to set at sony studios the next day for another client mm-hmm. so i'm there all day is there again the next day Came back home that night. I might have done like three days straight. For real. Yeah. And I finished it, turned it in. And then like after I after I finished, I remember I, I was so gassed. Like I was just walking into the kitchen and I tried to grab a bottle of water. I couldn't pick it up. Like I'm, I'm like shaking. Just tired. Trying to get there. Yeah. But it was crazy because it's like 
I've pushed myself very hard before, but I've yeah. never pushed myself to where my body literally shut down. Yeah. People be like, I'm tired. If you got to get something done, like, that's Vogue. Like, I'm not going to just fumble yeah. the opportunity. You got to figure it out. I'm going to get it done. And yeah. it's like, I already had commitments to go to Sony Studios for another client who's mm-hmm. worth over $100 million. So it's like, I'm not just going to flake on that for something else. So yeah. I, had to, I had to get it done. Yeah. This is like a Kanye virtual combination in its infancy. This draft and the star power that it has in it, I think throughout, he's undeniably the most influential, you know, off of the court. But his game matches how he dresses. Designing my brother's draft suit is something that has manifested itself many, many years ago. The pieces are amazing. What I like most about them, they, they have a young feel to them. Have an opportunity to meet Dapper Dan. After I did that, like, I'm, I'm trying to get a drink. I take a step down the side, my whole body just collapsed. Leg give out, collapsed. Damn. I'm sitting on the floor. That's different. I'm crawling, like, to my car. Cause I'm sleeping in my car. Yeah. They were moving. They took my bed. So I get, I crawl in the back of my car and I just fall asleep. And I think I slept for like 20 hours. Like in not fully, car. but I eat yeah, in the car. And I'm just. That's crazy. Yeah. What? So it's like. Oh, and then after all that, they canceled the Vogue piece because I didn't get it in in time. I kind of remember that a little yeah. bit. So they canceled it. And then they said, they hit me back. Like, I think it was either later that day or the next day saying. We're gonna run it on Monday. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. And then I seen it and I got the text from his manager and there yeah. were people like, you're officially published in Vogue. And like, that was just a moment that's for me. That's dope. Because it's like, that's yeah. one of the pinnacles, I feel like. Yeah. You know, when I first picked up a camera, I did this to film myself doing content. Yeah. And it's like now, like, I see my name and my watermark in Vogue. Like, yeah, they left that was, the Bev on there. That to me, I thought was like one of the biggest flexes. Cause it's like, usually the logo gotta come off. Yeah. Yeah. So to leave the logo was like, that was the stamp of approval. Facts. Like, next. Yeah. Facts. Next level. Yeah. And that's it's like, different. When mm-hmm. I seen that, I'm like, I could really take this anywhere I want to take it. Mm-hmm. What other pinnacle can I reach now in something mm-hmm. else? So it's like my mind just be going back and forth when I think yeah. about accomplishments like that. That's why I don't want to talk about accomplishments. I feel that. Like, I think just for like people that are fans of you, though, like we saw yeah. moments that were like, like we talked about it earlier. Like, for me, the Vogue video. Honestly, it was probably, too, when you first started working with Kelly a little bit. I remember this damn video you did when the fucking beads was, like, disappearing or some crazy shit Paris, like that. Yeah, yeah, Paris. So, it was, like, this time frame of you just, like, really, you know, leveling out to where it's, like... Going crazy. Honestly, I got to a point, and I kind of still feel like this on, like, the lower level of creatives. It's, like... Nobody really touching you on the editing side. And the reason I say that is not just to like gas or because of like the end result is because I've also seen the process. I've seen what your timelines look like. Like, and we've talked while you were in the middle of edits. I saw the Vogue process like to some degree. So it's like, I, I have yet to meet anybody 
that's doing that. Like, I feel like I would compare you probably to like our version of like a Gibson Hazard or something. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, no, and nobody's doing that by themselves. And for a long time, you was doing all of that by yourself. In Final Cut. Yeah. I'm a Final Cut user. Yeah, it's the only way to go. Not anymore, really. Not anymore, but I was in that bag where they joking on us and, oh, y'all in Final Cut, you know, yeah. you can't edit like that. And it's like, yeah. this dude edits look way better than a lot of stuff y'all doing in Premiere. Premier. And, like, obviously you can use Final Cut and still use other stuff, but it's like the main source of all of that stuff is Final Cut. And right. people are like, there's no way. I, I remember because I used to talk yeah. about it. He did that in Final Cut. Like, I'd be yeah. bragging. They'd nah, be like, there's no way he did me. that. People yeah. used to tell me, like, bro, hi. Like, what are you? <laughs> and I'm just like, your software is, like, if you give me a ball, I'm going to still get a bucket. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You, like, you put a software in front of me. I mean, I'll choose Final Cut. But yeah. no matter what it is, I'll learn how to use it, right? It's just yeah. about your comfortability mm-hmm. with what it is. So it's like, That's you could use Premiere and be great. It's just what you prefer. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Do you feel like you're gonna stay? Yeah, Final Cut in yeah. that Final Cut program. Yeah, I'm not gonna leave Final Cut. Yeah, you're not gonna touch the the new wave, the Da Vinci, and do some color in there. No, I mean I I, I color in Final Cut. I'm good. Like it, at at this point, if I really need some colored, I'll just go to a colorist. Like mm, we got to that level. Gotcha. I was about to say. So talk about that. Like working with other people. Once you get to a certain level, it's like okay. Now I need help. Yeah. Just to take this thing to the next level, or sometimes even to take things off your plate that normally may take you two months. <laughs> now you can, you know, kind of transition some of the work to other people. Maybe it's sound design, maybe it's color grading, right. some visual effects. You did use some crazy visual effects this past year. So what was that like? So I've been I've been fortunate to be um you know, around some good people when I was, you know, working corporate jobs and whatnot and mm-hmm. met certain people through that, you know, my VFX artists that I, you know, use consistently. Mm-hmm. Good friend, Andy Torres. Um, He's nice. nasty, by the way. He's <laughs> nice. Crazy. Shout out to Andy. It's crazy. Yeah. God. Andy, yeah. you need a meal. Yeah. He's Andy's awesome. crazy. He's crazy. Like, he did, when he did, he, he told everything. me he did the, um, he did the 3D that was in the Super Bowl, like, at yeah. the Super Bowl. Like, I was like, all right, like, you're, you're him. He's different. Like, yeah. So, but it's just like, when it, when it comes down to help, right, you talk about Gibson Hazard. And to me, that was like, always the biggest compliment. Because, humbly speaking, like, I think I'm the best. But, yeah. Gibson's above me. Yeah. Like, I think I'm... The best in this hoop space or whatever. Yeah. Gibson is is the GOAT, the trailblazer in Mm -hmm. this 3D space and whatever it is. So when people say, like, you're the Gibson hazard of the league or the sports, like that's one of the biggest compliments they could give me Mm -hmm. from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like I'm seeing him like when I was young, I'm like, damn, how does he do that 3D? How does he do that? Crazy stuff. So it's like (laughs) I'm thinking he's doing that all by himself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's not the case. And like as I got older and I started to realize that like you need people you know, to come in and help you do that. But mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't realize is they'll send the VFX or the 3D sequence and you got to put it in the timeline and make it work. And still, yeah. yeah. Like, and that's, you know, that's that's the the teamwork part of it, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. even up to this point, I still do a lot of like my own stuff all the way through the video, whether that's yeah. color grading, sound design, mm-hmm. shit, you name it. Like yeah. you talked about 
Final Cut and the the stuff that I did early on with Kelly with the Bees and the Paris trip. The Bees I remember was crazy, I was just, bro. I ain't gonna lie. That was... <laughs> I was editing that video and it was crazy because the edit was really so janky. Like, if you yeah. go through it, like, frame by frame, it's janky. Yeah. Like, yeah. I paused the video when I seen all his beads mm-hmm. and I took a screenshot. Yeah. I took that into Photoshop and I just took them off one by one, right? Mm-hmm. As a photo, went frame by frame and just threw the picture bro. over that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I just yeah. isolated some of the beads yeah. that were the clearest. And then I used those later in the video as yeah. just flying around. So it's just, like, me just trying shit. Like, I'm yeah. not not really thinking when I start to edit this video, like, oh, I'm going to take his beads off his head. Like, Yeah, nah. that was different. And when it's, <laughs> and when it's like, when you break it down like that, yeah, you, you know, it's, so, it's simple. so simple. But it really in is, a way. Though. But it's, like, in real time, when you watching it, you just, like, yeah, facts. No, I run it back. Like, I I ran it back a facts. few times. Like, yeah. this dude just took the beads off his head. But I just think you go back to, like, saying it's not simple. And it's final cut. It's not simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what always <laughs> blew me. Because it was the in final cut. Final right. cut. I mean, it's not simple, but it's just people see that, right? And nine times I feel times like it's simple 10. if you understand it. Mm-hmm. But people won't try to understand it. And yeah. that's the thing that triggers me. It's like... They'll be like, oh, that's fire. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Like, you should pause it. Watch it frame by frame. Think, like, how did he do that? Well, I'll tell Figure you earlier. Out, like, no chance. <laughs> just turn the music off. Everything you watch, just turn the music off. Watch it without music. That's every time you like, wow, oh, that shit easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every time you come in here and you like, you don't think this hard? I'm like, bro, turn the music off. That's the biggest thing right there, yeah. <laughs> I edit I, I I edit my videos to no music. That's what people don't understand either. A lot of people know that. I don't think I don't know if people That's edit different. like that. Yeah, like <laughs> when I lay out when I lay out my timeline and everything, there's like I'll take like all the footage and I'll throw it into the timeline and I'll just go through it and you know, you make your string out, you make your selects and all mm-hmm. that. And then after you do that, Excuse then me. you have, you know, a whole lists of your selects. From mm-hmm. there, I start piecing it together. Like, how do I want this to go to there? What mm-hmm. footage pairs up better with each other? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really all about motion, keeping your eye moving the same way, a focal point yeah. with stuff going on. Like, it's about mm-hmm. changing pace. Like, I, yeah, I was a point guard, so like, I know how to control the tempo mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of different aspects. You know, going to see your question earlier. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Activated. Look uh, at it. Okay. But um we'll get to that later in life. But yeah, um I don't even see I'm getting off track. I don't even know. How you know how to control about, the tempo. Yeah, I, I, got, I control that tempo. Yeah. Yeah. Control the tempo. That was really, it's it's about that's what the editing without the music. Yeah. yeah. So like I'll go through it, I'll piece stuff together, I'll see what clips I got with the motion. Mm-hmm. If I have a clip that's going left to right, but I have more that's going like right to left, I'll mm-hmm. reverse that clip, throw it next to those just to make sure it's all fluent. Yeah. And then from there, I'll just start hearing how I want it to sound more mm-hmm. so with sound effects. Yeah. So I'm just like in my mind, I'm watching some play and I'm like, all right, here it's going to have a riser and now it's going to hit. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Like, so as I'm, as I'm watching through my timeline and, and, and my, my raw selects, I can't say raw. I can't say raw. It's crazy. Pause. Pause. <laughs> pause He's about to sure. lose his mind. For sure. Pause. <laughs> but... <laughs> So, yeah, when I'm going through my selects, I'll look and I'll pair them up. Yeah. And then I'll 
put that to the I'll put that to the music after I do that. Mm-hmm. Because if I start editing to the music early, it's not gonna look right. I'm gonna cut it at certain parts where I hear a clap in the song or like yeah. a hit and like yeah. it might have been too quick. It might, but if I'm mm-hmm. watching it without the music, I'm seeing how it's flowing. I'm seeing yeah. like, okay, this goes into there. It was two seconds on here, one second here. Mm-hmm. And then I'd take that, then fit it to the music. And I might take a little bit off here and there, but it doesn't kill the whole edit. Yeah. So that's interesting. But do you have the song in your head? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes like you just kind of know like what kind of video you're making. Like if you're making a video of like somebody creating art in a studio uh-huh. versus a high intensity ad for like the NFL. Like, mm. you know, you're going to have to switch it up. You know, you're going to have to have a more intense song, faster hits, faster cuts, yeah. all of that. But if you're doing something that's artsy, you might take a different approach. You might have more like just just different types of transitions. Maybe it's a little bit softer. It's not so aggressive or whatnot. Yeah. You know, and then you you just formulate it that way. So That's interesting. That's a different way of... That's creatively looking at it because you edit to the music. You just have a song and you go and you just yeah. I already had a song in my head and I kind of just see. I've switched it up. I used to do that a lot. Now I edit to an eight count or like a four count. I just figure out my pattern and I map out my pattern before I even lay stuff down. That's that's a good option. And honestly, then yeah. I go down through like you said, going through the selects, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I like these clips together. I like these clips together. Where can they go? If I slow this down, how does this affect this? If I speed this up, then it's like, okay, what song might work? Yeah. And I'm going BPM because it's like, what if they don't like the rap song I choose or whatever? And it's like, no, I got to change the song. I can throw whatever song got the same. I've been telling you that. Yeah. Just find a song with the same BPM. It'll work. It don't matter. Yeah. Then it's like, okay. It's so important. Do it match with lyrics? Ooh, let me slide this section here. Like, Mm It's, yeah. I, that's an interesting way to edit, though, without it's, any music at all. It's, it's a puzzle. I mean, like, interesting. after I go through my selects, then I make my music track. Yeah. And, like, when I'm making my music track, that means, like, I'm adding my sound effects into it. I'm splitting yeah. the song up. I'm cutting certain things out. See, I've been I'm, doing that. Like, fusing two to three songs together yeah. for one video that might be 30 seconds. Or I'm taking the end and moving it. Like Yeah, I've been know, cutting up yeah, like a DJ. So, so yeah. it's like, after I do that, then it's like, I'm I'm... Already, I already went through my selects, so I'm already yeah. knowing, like, as I edit the music, I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember that. That's going to go right here. Mm-hmm. And then you go back after you do that, and you just put it together. It's really a puzzle. like. And that's why when people ask how, it's like, I can't tell you how. It just happens. This is up here. That's it. This like, is different. That's it. And everybody got their own version of it. Like, I can't tell you how. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. People be asking me that question, and I'll like, be like. I just know it looks good. Yeah. I know it look bad. And, and I know I it look know good. It look good. <laughs> <laughs> and Which, if it look bad, nine times out of ten, I'm probably going to tell you. Yeah. yeah. So take it as constructive criticism. Mm. See, we can emotional. go one or two ways with this. Mm-hmm. I think the direction I'm going to go first is you low-key have some beef out here. Because maybe you're just brutally too honest or... I don't know. Why do you have this like mysterious beef with people? What's going on? You do be unhinged on your story. I mean, I I guess it's like it's unintentional, right? Yeah. But it's like that's still the filtered me, which is crazy. Like, you know, (laughs) filtered. Feels very familiar. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, I'm sure, you know, everybody has a fences where they really get their thoughts off. Of whatnot, course. You know, yeah. so it's like, I feel like I got, you know, one of the better ones out there, but we're going <laughs> to leave that for another conversation. But, um... You want to plug it? His fence is crazy. I ain't going to... He not um, plugging it? I ain't going to say the name, nah. But I will say... I can say, get it after. You can get it, yeah. You can okay, get it, yeah. yeah. You can get it. That's right. pause, pause, pause. <laughs> you can get pause, it. No, you can pause. get it. Yeah, I said it like three times, too. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, it's because you died. Yeah, but what's yeah. up? What's up with the the... I don't know, man. The beef. Your beef. Like, the beef is crazy. I feel like, you know, you are a little brutally honest. You're a little outspoken about things kind of in the world. But I don't know. I've never felt offended by anything. Like, why do you feel like you have this kind of hidden beef with a lot of people? I think that's for the people to talk about and for the people to understand. (laughs) I mean. It's crazy. At the end of the day, like, like I said. You know, whether it's basketball growing up, like, I, I'm a talk, yeah. you know, just whether that's yeah. just at a competitive nature or whatever it might be. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, You know, it's like, I'm, I'm real and people don't like that. Well, I just feel so, like that's constructive criticism. And that's how I look at it. And it's like nine times out of ten, if I'm posting somebody's work or whatnot, like, I'm not tagging nobody. I'm not coming at nobody's head. Yeah. It's yeah. just like if I see work and it's not up to par, I'm going to say something. Don't get emotional. <laughs> just get better. I'm going to keep saying this because the homie said it. Talk about me. No, but (laughs) (laughs) if you take it personal, then you got the message. And that's, to me, the bar of the year. Mm -hmm. Like, if somebody says something, generalizing something about someone's work or whatever it is, they don't drop names for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. and you take offense to it, that's personal. That's personal. Yeah. If I say that something is basic, first of all, that doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing something else. Yeah. It just means right. that that specific work is basic. And right. that is right. okay. It's also okay if you're not there yet. And 100%. it's like, we get so, like, I feel like we're so sensitive. Like, we talked a little bit, I think, like, on the second episode about giving feedback and, like, our yeah. friends and stuff like that being able to give us constructive criticism. And you always say everybody tell you your stuff is ass. I don't recall these days, but it's you like— You told me this coming into California. But I feel like if I do say that to you, you take it well. Every time. Because, because it's coming from a good place, yeah. if anything. Yep. And, it, yep. I mean, that's not always the case, obviously, with strangers commenting on other people's work. Right. But, like— First of all, it's art. It's subjective. Anything we put out, it don't matter how good. I could be hyping you up. Somebody could say Cam is trash. You know, like that's just the reality of it. So it's like you can't take stuff like that personal because I feel like you don't want to create from an angry place. Like I feel like when I'm creating like that, it could go one or two ways. Either I'm going to go crazy or like I literally lose myself in trying to prove a point to somebody that don't even matter. You know what I'm saying? And that I can't have. Right, right. So it's like I had that before. Were you just fueled by like ah, I was fueled by so this anger. person talking stuff? Yeah, I was. It was like a group chat. Where it was like he's really not like nice I, like I remember that. that group chat. Yeah, and I really put out some of the best work <laughs> I put out in like some months. And people was asking me like, "How did you do that? Like, how did you pixelate JD into like a pixel?" And it's like, "Nah, bro, I was." <laughs> 
<laughs> you really pissed me off, bro. He said, you pissed nah, me bro. off. <laughs> See, so anger could work. Yeah, like it's 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 really just all about the person, and you got to kind of channel that, like. Because yeah. sometimes we just really don't be trying, though. That's what I think people don't really understand. We don't. I just want money. Like, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not Cam. I'm not giving you two months on the edit. Because y'all don't appreciate it anyway. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Respectfully, I'm giving you like 15 to 20%. Yeah. I mean, and that's... Because that's you want I'm... it quick. You want it fast. You want it... Like, yeah. you you putting too many constraints on it. For sure. And I'm, I can't give you my best. And you're going to revise it down to some water. You're not getting it. So it's like when people are commenting on stuff a lot of times too, it's like you really genuinely don't know yeah. what can come out of that. So it's good that that person you was like able to light a fire under. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like sometimes you need that too. And I feel like I be needing it. Like I say it all the time. Like yeah. I feel like I'm BS. Like I'm getting content with doing content work. Mm-hmm. But it's like sometimes that's, like. That's terrifying. Speaking you know what Halloween, I'm saying? That's like, terrifying. Yeah. And I'll be having to have yeah. a full-blown conversation with myself. Like, you mm-hmm. got to get up out of this space. But sometimes it's like you're so caught up on, like, getting from gig to gig sometimes. Like, you get in that space where it's like, I'm not... And I'm a very emotional creative when it comes to my work. Like, mm-hmm. it has to be something I'm genuinely into. I can't yeah. just... It's not a, a switch for me. Like, I literally got to be into it. So it's like... Mm-hmm. <sighs> Maybe I need that fire sometimes. So it's like, it can't always be a bad thing. But yeah, man, that's that's interesting. But I think when when you make work, I always tell people that you want somebody to feel something. Try mm-hmm. to evoke emotion out of something, whether people yeah. hate it or love it. Not just, oh, okay, keep going, scrolling, scrolling, right. scrolling. Because it's like, if they hate it, they probably hated it for a reason because you tried something. Mm-hmm. You tr- you trying, like, yeah. which only means what? You're going to get better. Yeah, that's valid. You know, I- ideally. So it's mm-hmm. like, you just just try something. Get a reaction out of somebody. Don't just throw something together. Like, yeah. again, I'm probably going to cause more beef with this, but this is one thing I hate more than anything right now in this industry, we're calling it, right? Mm-hmm. People will film an athlete or a player or something, right? Film Kyrie. Mm-hmm. doing something in a game, simple angle. They put it in slow motion and they put some music over it and they post it. And it's like, to Ooh. me, mm. that's not art. <laughs> you just Ooh. filmed another human and you threw him on your page and you're getting likes, clicks, views because of that person, but you added no creative touch to it. And we want to raise the price after. Dorn. You want to raise the price. We want to raise the price. Because of your here. proximity, but your work ain't up to par. Ooh. Nah, because, nah, that's, that's real, though. That's like, real, though. I can't respect it. The proximity. I, and I feel like in L.A., we get, we see it a little more because it's like we yeah. are in close proximity to a lot of people. Yeah. And it just makes it so hard sometimes because it's like, dang, everybody really not like that. And I don't say that in a disrespectful way, but we not. But because we get the, you know, the access to athletes and celebrities and stuff like that a little easier, we just put ourselves on these pedestals. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like... Some people do. Like you said, I might get credential to a Clipper game or something. And and next thing you know, like, because it's, you know, they played against KD, I put slow-mo on it. Now I'm like, I'm nice. 
Because right. he yeah. was shooting a jumper. Because you like, had some access? Or because yeah. you put Your some access art. is cool. Respect for you getting the access, but it's like... Yes and no. Yes you know? And no. But what are we doing here? <laughs> yes and no. I don't respect everybody that got like, the access. What are you doing, though? Sometimes it could be a whole... They got access for a different oh, yeah, reason, a, and it's just... It was a whole hot mess last year yeah. with the Clippers. Somebody was filming... I think it was Kelly Oubre screaming his name. Kelly, 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 Kelly in warm-ups. Mm. We couldn't even go on the court no more in warm-ups. Because of, wait, a photographer? A Somebody came in there and was vlogging in the arena. Crazy. And was screaming his name while he was warming up. See, and then they shut it down. So for the rest of the season, it was like, can't nobody come on the baseline no more. Can't nobody get their shots. You got to film for outside in the black. It got crazy because it's like. Oh, my gosh. Fans. And that, that's, that's why I always preach to people. Everybody don't deserve to be in there. Trying to get clicks off another person's vlogging. image. Vlogging. Vlogging. As a media member. And you're not even vlogging your own life. <laughs> you trying to get clicks off another person's image without helping their image. Come on. Honey. And not only that, but now you pissing me off because you're distracting the man from playing basketball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he like we got to have boundaries. Yeah. We don't even have uh, boundaries no more. Yeah, no, and no. I think that goes back to the like, not that you square, but it's like having that separation. Yeah. yeah. You got to have that separation because it's like, Either it's a job or it's not. Either mm -hmm. you're a creative or you're not. Yeah. Like, there has to be that balance. Why are you doing that while somebody warming up? Before the fans even there. <laughs> you went here screaming and vlogging for your YouTube. That's crazy. Before fans are there? Yeah, it was bad. I look at it. It's just sad. How did you get to that point in your life where you feel like that's what you got to do to make it? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, instead yeah. of going home and going yeah. on YouTube, learning a skill, yeah. you'll have him yelling at athletes trying to get them to make a reaction to get paid off that. Yeah. It just it just never added up to me. It's just so disheartening. It's a lot of clout, man. Clout is a drug. It's tough because it's like, you wonder why people get cameras now. Mm. And it's like, you kind of want to say... Everyone's allowed to get a camera for whatever reason they want, whatever. Right. That's the politically correct answer. Yeah. But, like, sometimes it's, like, too... It feels, like, too much. Yeah. And we, you know, again, it's proximity. is what we just experience in our own spaces. But it's, like, sometimes it's too much. Everybody don't deserve to have a camera. And some people are so careless that they won't do the research to find out if you deserve to be here just because you have a camera. Mm -hmm. It's, like, they just let you in. And then you just ruin it for everybody. Yeah. It's a shame. You just got your camera two weeks ago. And now you in a Nike LA event or, you know, something crazy. And you acting crazy. You act like you don't belong. Yeah. Sad story. We see it too often. So transitioning into, you know, this next level of your creative journey, I noticed you've been teasing a master class. Can you give us a little overview of kind of what made you want to do that? Um, mm -hmm. When do you plan on dropping for That's those who may want to sign up? And, you know, mm -hmm. just, again, the ideology behind now feeling like this is something you want to do. And what's that low-key? This is loaded, but what has that process been like? 
it's been an intentionally slow process mm -hmm. because again, it's just like my videos. I'm trying to put out something of value. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to rush anything, especially when one, I'm asking for money and two, I'm trying to provide a service that I think is valuable. Yeah. And up to this point, I never really like, like I, I was just, I was so scared about giving out game, giving out free game. Like they're going to take this, they're going to take that. Yeah. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, they're not, gonna have my access unless they earn that access, right? We're not doing that so, anyway. Two, uh, yeah. two months on an edit, we're not doing it. Mm, yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> going back to what you said, like, you, like you're like you not doing that. And that's why it's like, for me, it's it's the it's the love of the art that makes me do that. It's a pride thing. If I'm putting something out, my name's attached to it. So it has to right. be of a certain level for me to even drop it. So when it comes to the masterclass, it was like, you know, my mental was going back and forth for years about it. And now it's just like, you know, I think I have developed a certain set of skills and I have something to offer. So if I package it right, it could be beneficial for others. So why not release mm -hmm. that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thought process behind it. And now it's just about getting it right, getting it to that level. Um, I actually want to do a live masterclass. So mm -hmm. like have people come to a studio in LA and say, like I have tons of different things written down, different modules we'll do in there, whatever. But it's like, mm -hmm. it could be a, something as simple as take this bear, you have five minutes to film it, and then you have 10 minutes to go back and make an edit. And then we're going to have like 10 people in there, whatever, and they all mm -hmm. going to make something different. And we talk about it. Yeah. And then we see what could be better, what cannot be better, and whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go over certain movies on how they tell stories. Because people mm -hmm. watch movies and they don't really digest how mm -hmm. they're telling the story. Yeah. Like you said earlier, you turn off the sound. I watch the good movies in silence, bro. Sometimes if you watching a, a good movie, they'll tell you the storyline mm -hmm. just based off camera angles. You looking up at somebody, you know, you're trying to make somebody feel inferior. You're trying to make somebody feel dominant, you know, like camera angle, motion, all of that play a part. Mm -hmm. But people don't really look at that or they don't understand mm -hmm. it. So yeah. it's just going over all of that stuff and just like creative you know, ideas and thought process. And I kind of just want to break that down and try to like help people mm -hmm. have like some sort of roadmap to yeah. getting creative. Mm, I was just going to ask, is it the roadmap to the creativity or is it the roadmap to the sauce? Because I feel like a lot of people, when they buy masterclasses, they want the sauce. And yeah. if you can't answer that for the sake of people still buying the masterclass. No, I mean... I feel like that's like one and the same. Is it, it not? It can be, but I, okay. I would say that that would be the closest thing is to having the recipe, but not making the sauce. At the end of the day, like just because I use all of these ingredients, it right. doesn't mean that the way you make it is going to turn. Like you could literally do everything the instructions say mm -hmm. piece by piece and it will never taste like that one time you had it where you was like, damn, this is really good. Yeah, I always tell myself like, if you ask me right now to remake one of my old edits, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, there's no way I could do it. And I think like, that's the sauce. Yeah. Like, maybe I can get close, but there's so much keyframes going on. There's so much transitional elements that are going frame by frame in mm -hmm. each one. That's just, it's just such a tedious process. Yes. Showing people how to do that, but showing people more so my thought process behind how I got there. Yeah. yeah. So, in a certain, you was talking about Josh's video a long time ago. Yeah. Um, that I did Josh's episode 
three, I want to say, on his, the last episode we ever did um, on the Farewell Tour. Mm-hmm. It was probably one of my favorite works. Like, not mm-hmm. probably. Damn near. It's, it's in my top three to this day. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was doing a whole lot of motion going in and out and whatever. Yeah. But, like, there was this one specific time where, like, he saw Brandon Jennings dapped him up or not, right? Mm-hmm. So, you go like this, right? And then he's going like that. And then I see, like, a gap in their arm. I'm like, I can go through that. If it don't look good, it don't look good, whatever. So then I'm looking through other footage and I've seen him like give somebody a hug and he does the same thing with his arm. Yeah. So I'm pairing that. I'm like, I can go through that. So it's just thinking about- They're not thinking like that. They're not. And no. it's like training them to, yeah. training kind of sounds crazy, but more so like teaching or just showing kind of how I got to that process. So maybe mm-hmm. they could think too, when they're looking at their footage, but what could I do to this to make it a little better? And you try it. Like early on, I'm making transitions. I'm spending 10 hours on one transition to delete it. Cause it didn't Ooh. look good. Ooh, wait, that is no, real I'm forcing it. pain. That's it, real pain. It, yeah, I'm forcing it. That's real pain. You might it's have to tough. get it. You might have to get this janky edit. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's ten hours. Ten hours. I'm shutting the computer down, bro. Yeah. If I gotta like, delete it, that frame by frame just hassle of yeah. getting it right. Sometimes it's, you know, man, a couple of days worth of that. You know, that ten hour span, but you keep revisiting it. So I feel like that's that comes from the love of the art, though, like to want to go back and do that for 10 hours over and over Mm -hmm. and over, like to have that type of energy and that motivation to do that. Like, that's a positive thing. And like we joking and stuff, but it's like there is those one or two times where it may be something that we're working on, where it really makes you want to go back and do it. And to have that as often as you have it, like that's a, a jewel. And I think, like, when you talk about, like, the secret sauce to getting from A to B, and and when people ask you, well, how do you do this? This is why we can't give you answers. Because that is some stuff that I can't teach. It's the way you're built. You know what I'm saying? It's it's either you got it or you don't. Yeah, it's like your framework. It's who you are, you know, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. We talk about the love of the art, but... In reality, it might be more about pride. It's pride, for sure. Like, I'm not about to fail on this edit. You got yeah. me fucked up. That's I've it. been here for 10 hours. If I'm going to put something out, people going to associate my image with my work. Yeah. Yeah. So it can't it can't be of a level that I don't want to be looked at. I walk yeah. into a gym. I want people to, you know, just it's a human nature. You want people to, you know, yeah. be like, oh, okay, you know, he's here. Like, I'm going to get something good today. Not facts. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you know, up to this Early on, I was in gym. No one knew who I was. Now, if I walk into a gym, nine times out of ten, like they this listen. last summer, like I'm doing pre-draft NBA yeah. stuff, I don't even know who these people are really, and they're coming up to me like, "Hey man, what up? It's my name." Like, and I'm, I'm like, "Oh yeah, what's up, bro? Can't bet." He's like, oh, "I know who you are." Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Shit. I've been watching you. I've been seeing yeah. your stuff. Like, yeah. That's it. Shit. This we're in Paris this summer. Yeah. We went out one night. Right. I'm sitting down and Jaron Jackson come over to our section, looks at me, like, what's up, bro? Jaron. I'm like, can't bet. He's like, motherfucker, I know who you are. I was like, that's different. Like, oh, that's yeah. different. I was like, oh, love, love. Because that's random. And then the whole time, <laughs> like, random. we just had a great night. Like, yeah. like we just, like, we known each other for years, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's just, he's probably seen my work from someone else. And then it's just off that, it's the respect. <laughs> that's a good feeling. I mean, that's how we're trying to treat this podcast, to be honest. It's like, it took us a year. To get it going, because it's like, can't put out any, you know? Right. Yes, can't put do. out no garbage. I mean, you know I wouldn't be on here if I thought it was I know. Bad, that's so. why I'm like, you know, we got to be intentional. But it's like, it's like you said, it is that pride of like, 
damn, I didn't even really think about it till then. But this is like that moment for me because I've really been just kind of doing whatever is going to pay the bills. But this right. is the one thing that as of late, I'm like, nah, bro, like I hate to be a stickler about it, but we can't have a caption look like that. We can't have this look like this. Like we got to fix this lighting. You know what? Scrap it. We not even posting the episode because mm-hmm. it's like, like you said, at the end of the day, it is a representation of you. It's and that, serious. that one moment that somebody sees something yeah. Where they feel like it's trash, it'll be like you never did anything good. Mm-hmm. You only as good as your latest work. So, <laughs> wait, hold on. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> My man's got to. Wow, we got to write that down, Chance. Uh, I'm doing it. You put only that in the notes. As good as your latest work. Yeah, I know y'all heard that one's kind of generic. Like I know y'all heard that one before. No, never. No, y'all heard that one before. Maybe it just went over my head, but it's going in the captions. Man, that was good stuff right there. Because you think about it. Never mind, I ain't even going to tell y'all what I'm about to do with it. You're only as good as your latest work. I mean, that that is true, though. Mm-hmm. And you see that not just in, like, creativity, but, like, life. in sports, in life, and everything. Like, yeah. how many people forget that Kobe was really that dude? Yeah. It's a lot of them. Because all they're thinking about is him on a bum Achilles shooting up, you know, some right. crazy shots at the end of his career. Forget that. Let's take it to something a little bit more recent. People not even remembering that Brown won a championship in that bubble. Like. Yeah. Yeah. They they talk, oh, he ain't done nothing for LA or is he not doing this or that? Like, that's already out their mind. Like, mm-hmm. what, what could he do next? Yeah. It was three years ago. Yeah. You know, it has some time, but it's just like people are always just, no, oh, you did that. Okay, what's next? That, did that what's short-term next? memory. Yeah, and that's it's, why as a creator, crazy. you got to have it too. I mean. You got here preaching. Let's talk about, so short-term memory, right? So since we were on that topic, we could talk about, you know, you winning an Emmy, right? Oh, I he, didn't win an Emmy, but. You I, didn't win an Emmy? No, I I, I won a telly. You won a telly. I was behind you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you won a telly. Oh, I thought. Right? Yeah. So we're not going to have short-term memory on that. We're going to go. We're yeah. going to reminisce. We're going to have that moment. Most Staples Center in downtown Los Angeles. We welcome you to another edition of Clippers Basketball. We've seen this building. It's Brandon Boston. We saw it in Summer League, and then we saw glimpses in the preseason. Classics over the last few years. Lights are bright. Man, that fits BJ to a T. Austin gets the entry pass. Work against Smart, one of the better defenders in our league. Here comes the Austin Mother to show the Tatum in front of him. An aggressive drive. Oh, and it falls for the rookie. What a tough shot. On the dribble, step away three. What footwork? What a touch! Accepted by Fox. Another steal for the rookie. He's got his fingerprints all over this game so far. Feels good. Let's it fly. Oh, why not? You know, he's, he's fearless. And fearless once again against the 10th ranked defense in the NBA. Interception by Boston. Back to the top. What do you think?
think TC was it, it was definitely it was definitely a moment. I mean, you know, I'm hearing like there was over like 19,000 submissions and like, mm-hmm. you know, we got gold and like top of the top, whatever. I mean, it's, it's cool. To, like, it was cool, but yeah. it's like, it was like already out. Like whether it won the award or not, like I knew it was of a certain level. Yeah. Right? So it's like an award for me doesn't, it doesn't really like save the day or seal the deal. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a nice acknowledgement for sure. Yeah. But it's like, I think being nominated for an award, it really is like the best, the best thing, really. I mean, like people yeah. can get nominated, but then once you get nominated, it's like it's all humans really picking who won. Right? It's just somebody choosing. Yeah, what yeah. Like. so it's like you get nominated for an award, you know your yeah. work is of a certain level, right? It's worth it. And there, there's so many people that talk about all these award shows being like not representative of the true art or whatever it is in our culture and our climate. So it's mm-hmm. like awards for me don't really do too much to my mental. Yeah. But when I when I put out the piece, like I already knew it was of a certain standard. I mean, wow! The intro was, yeah, that was that was crazy. I actually brought that TV. I found a, I that, found a I remember you putting that green yeah. paper on it, walking around the Clippers arena. Yeah. Shit, the night before, <laughs> for real, I found a, a vintage TV on OfferUp. Drove down. Oh, it was like thirty minutes away. Yeah. Older gentleman, super nice guy. He was like, "Oh, what are you gonna use it for?" And I'm like. I'm not trying to explain it to him. He yeah. lost. He, he had no idea. Really, you know, <laughs> <laughs> digested what I'm trying to tell him. So, um, yeah, I brought it in there the next day. I'm carrying it like this, walking through the arena. Um, I had a piece of green construction paper on it, mm-hmm. shadows everywhere. I knew the key was going to be hard, like when yeah. I was going to do it in post. Yeah. But it's just about, like, you know, getting creative and mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. I made the transition. and shit, That's probably one of my favorite transitions to this day. Yeah. Cause that shit was crazy. No, that yeah, that's definitely one of my best for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just the overall scope of of the story that we told too and the tragedy in that situation. You yeah. Know, with, you know, Terrence and Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it's just how he had his best game ever against Boston and yeah. like, you know, just how everything worked out to tell the perfect story. So yeah. it's like, I gotta body this. Yeah. <laughs> I had no choice. Yeah. Like, and it's one of those players that's like, you know, obviously he was highly regarded in high school, but it's yeah. like with him going as low as he did in the draft and, you know, yeah. the struggles at Kentucky or whatever, Facts. it's like mm-hmm. to get a redemption story kind of in a way, I think yeah. is huge, especially because like when you look at storytelling around the league, it's not typically around a player who mm-hmm. isn't the star. You know what right. I'm saying? So yeah. I thought that that was dope. You know, so I'm glad you guys got nominated and actually won the award for it because it's like, like you said, at the end of the day, like, it's whatever for you, like, that is going to be. But it it really is a stamp of, like, this was something that was worth it. And we talked about it earlier as, like, wanting to invoke emotion, but, like, ultimately, like, the storytelling that we're doing is something that people, like, are going to remember for forever, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, for the rest of their lives. And for some people, it's a lot more personal. Than like we think, you know what I'm saying? So no, like I've dope. seen I've seen multiple grown men cry, like yeah. real tears. Like I'm talking bawling, like sniffling, <laughs> like over oh. my work that I've done for them. And it's like to see them have that reaction when they've let me into their lives to tell that intimate moment of their life yeah. makes it all worth it. Cause it's like I'm putting in my time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears, whatever you want to call it, to make this video. To, to tell your story the way it should be told mm-hmm. and to make it look good while doing it. 
And a lot of people, you know, you know, just don't necessarily have that appreciation. So getting an award and all that, yeah, it's great. It stamps the peace. And yeah, I'm, it's definitely, it looks cool. It's, it got some weight to it, you know? So it's like, it's, it's cool to have around the, around the house. But yeah, I mean, it's for your mom. Yeah, sure. Me and uh, the awards me, are for the parents. one thing I will say though about that BJ episode <laughs> is um, me and Brandon wanted to work together for a minute. Actually, like going mm-hmm. back to DMs, right? Mm-hmm. I'm hitting him up when he was at I think like Norcross or something. He was in yeah. Atlanta, mm-hmm. Norcross, yeah. In Georgia. So it's like we were DMing a long time ago, and he was sending me his AAU schedule. Like when yeah. can I come out to a game? Da-da-da, yeah, right. And then it just never happened because mm-hmm. it's not easy to do when you're. A young 20-year-old funding yeah. yourself and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the first time we actually worked was when both of us were professionals at the highest level in our field. Mm-hmm. Um, with an organization at the highest level and he's in the NBA, the highest level of bat. So it's just like yeah. we've been trying for since, what, 2017. Mm-hmm. And then the first video we do wins the award. So it's just like... Yeah. Fruition. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was... It felt like it was like meant to be to mm-hmm. like do a piece with him, especially because... I never really knew him, like, in high school or whatnot. Mm-hmm. We knew of each other, but it's, like, he friends with Josh and kind of that whole scene. So, it's, like, I was just around. So, it just felt right to, you know, just go crazy on that and make it happen. So, what is it that you feel like you want to do more of if you can? Like, I know you talked about, like, the Vogue kind of being, like, something where it almost felt like you were at a peak, but, like— yeah. Do you have anything that you can look at right now and say, these are a few things that I want to do? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing that I've been, you know, trying to get right, I mean, like I have my own creative agency, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, it's pretty much me with a whole bunch of other people that I'm like, you know, that are helping me out, but it's Mm -hmm. like no salary or whatnot. Like, I think the dream eventually is to have a whole fluent creative agency that's like, the fantasy factory of the creative world, right? Mm-hmm. So you go in, you're going to see the court, you're going to see a trampoline, you're going to see computers lined up, you're going to see yeah. the photo studio, you're going to see all of that, but it's just going to be like a, a creative space to mm-hmm. go in there and get work done and have fun. And it's yeah. like, I think that's really like the, the dream in, in a sense to where you going and you creating every day with your friends and yeah. you're making a living off that. Yeah, And it's like, that's hard to do in this world. One... You have to have listen an audience. You have to be wanted, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and you know, make making it just from paycheck to paycheck as a freelancer is tough enough. Yeah. Versus transforming that into a whole business on a whole nother scale, having a whole agency where it's mm-hmm. fluid. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of steps to it to do it right. Yeah. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. So and that comes with continuing to build my relationships and mm-hmm. working my way up that way. But Long, long term, cinema. Mm. Yeah. Like, I want to have, like, Jordan Peele, like, came out yeah. with us and get out. Like, he was a comedian his whole life. And then it's like, I'm going to make a movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's eventually you're going to see a, a movie on the screen directed by Cam Beverly. Oh, we going to play that back in. Oh, we got to yeah. play it back. In six to <laughs> or five to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't see it. No, I mean, I can see that for you. I think you touched on a good point, though, especially with, like, the creative agency. I think, like, the toughest part, too, is, like, trying to figure out how to be a leader amongst your peers. Yeah. I think is the, the toughest part about operating in this space with other creatives because no matter what the level is, like, 
you're always going to end up having to be that leader. And people have gone through different parts of their journey. I think me and Sean met a guy that he went to school with yesterday at something we were filming. And like, he's at a pretty, you know, high level in a company. And it's like, he was like, I was a PA for seven years. Mm. And he's coming in still technically kind of as a PA with a better title. And now he's in charge of people. He's in charge of people who may feel like they're way farther along than him. And it's like, how do you get into a space like that? And people be willing to listen to you, be willing to take your ideas for, you know, help and positivity as opposed to it feeling like it's just like you think it's your show. You just want to use your ideas and stuff like that. And it's, yeah. that's tough with creative people. It's super tough to navigate. I mean, I think that, that it has to start with action. I mean, mm-hmm. I have friends that come over and they'll, they'll see me sitting right here Yeah. as they fall asleep on my couch. When yeah. they wake up, I'm still here. Yeah. That's kind of become normal and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they look at that as you're crazy. Like, like what is it? Like, why what's driving you? And the you whole time find it's a like a bunch of crazy people to work with you. It's yeah. <laughs> honestly. It's pride and it's I mean, money. We all need yeah. money to pay the bills, right? Yeah. Like Facts. but it's like for me, I'm not just trying to pay the bills. Like I'm trying to live a good life. We only yeah. get one. I'm yeah. I drop like I, I drive an AMG, that's gotta yeah. get paid for. Like, yeah. I, got, like I gotta work to Yeah. Staying in this spot, like it's rent, it ain't cheap, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> especially in LA. Yeah, like LA, nah. damn near charge you to breathe. You wake up in the morning, it's <laughs> they you, taking you it out your about account. three thousand dollars to breathe here. You know what I'm saying? And then let alone eat. Yeah. You're yeah. trying to get some gas to go. Some, you get my point. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, that's a fact. Hundred dollars to fill. So it's like to get people to listen to you. It starts with you showing how it's done, mm-hmm. and from there, it's like. They don't follow. It's like, all right, they're not on my timing. They can go. Yeah, that's how I feel. I, I'm not. I'm not at the point where I'm gonna chase somebody to help me or work this. Or if yeah. I feel like I got the blueprint, and the formula, and I and I tell you and I give it to you, and then you show no reciprocate. You don't hit me up and say, hey, bro, let's get that going. Let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah. I'll be like, it's just on me. Like they not yeah. really locked in. And yeah. So yeah, that that's. I'm really hard on my friends that help me though. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll tell you like I'm. Yeah, ask Isaac. I be I be going in on Isaac, but it's like you gotta be though. If if I if I don't like go hard, you know, with criticism or just life's choices or whatever with my mm-hmm. friends and my circle, I feel like I'm yeah. doing them a disservice. Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be a 100%. yes man, whether it's to my clients or to my friends. If I feel like you can go harder, I'm gonna tell you. If I feel like you bullshit, I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, and like. If you feel like I'm doing the same thing, you tell me that too, and it's gonna hold me accountable. And I'm gonna say, yeah. "Bet, good looking, bro. You damn right. Let me get my ass up. I'm not gonna be emotional. Yeah, but we're too emotional. Everybody's too emotional in this yeah. world, and it's just I Facts. can't relate. Can't. Relate. I mean, it's yeah, the only you way have... you're gonna get better is if you get pushed out that comfort zone. Now that's facts. You gotta have like that circle of accountability. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, then you're gonna be stagnant. And at the end of the day, like I talk about it all the time, like. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So that one person that's BSing and sleeping on the couch, all it takes is one time for you to see him on the couch and you go in your room and get in your bed. Now yeah. you're taking a nap. Yeah. And you've killed all the momentum that you have. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, that's all it takes. And yeah. then it just becomes a domino effect. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you can't pump people up, keep people accountable. And at some point, like, if I got to keep doing that, you got to move around. It's not personal. But it's like your bad habits I just can't have in my space. And yeah. like people will take that personal too. Right. It's like it ain't personal. Right. It's just I'm on a different 
you know, wavelength and like seeing is. you in that space is not beneficial to me in any way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you use a good word by saying wavelength though, as opposed to like level. Yeah, right? no, for sure. It's like I have people coming over here all the time on some like, yeah, I'm gonna help you edit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna yeah. do that. And then it's like, they'll, I'll be working and they'll be tapping on my show. Yo, how do you do this? How do you do it? Oh, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you uh, clip the clip? How do you crop that? How do you? Literally, I put my headphone back on. I go, I type in on YouTube, how to basics of Final Cut. Copy, <laughs> paste. And he gets yeah. a text, literally right yeah. behind me. And he'll be and like, this just happened like last week. And he, gets, yeah. he was like, bet, heard you, bro. Heard you. I got you. I'm going to watch that. And I was like, yeah, you trying to ask me simple ass questions and yeah. you talking about you ready to grind. I could do that. Yeah. The point of you helping me out is to help. Yeah. yeah. You going to ask me for some money as I'm training you? Come on. <laughs> like... I yeah. got homies coming in here People trying to help. People don't understand. But People it's not don't understand. help if I'm helping you do everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I got to be able to leave you alone and know that, like, I'm like that. You got to be able to go get an answer. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be 100% knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. But one thing about me is, like, if you in this circle, you got to know how to get an answer. Don't ask me for something that you can Google. Exactly. I when need it to comes see you to the proactive. work, you know what I'm saying. Especially if you see me busy, it's different. We just chopping it up. Right. It's a quick conversation. But if yeah. you see me get into it and you tapping me, asking me about something yeah. like that small, it lets me know that you're not the you you're not proactive. It's, you're not a go getter. That's all it's gonna take for me too. I should be the last resort. Sick. You should have been trying to get the answer for yourself first, and then it's mm-hmm. like, yo, I've been trying to figure this out. I can't figure it out. Can yeah. you help me? I yeah. shouldn't be your answer for. Very basic things. And that would like piss me off. Like no, that that really You gotta move around, bro. You about yeah. to irritate me. <laughs> like, I got a thousand things on my plate. Yeah. You asking me about something stupid. Mm-hmm. You got Safari on your phone. Yeah. Like, chance no. I don't yeah. no nonsense with mm-hmm. that stuff. Cause it's like if you <laughs> cannot way. figure it Trust out. Trust me. Yeah. I know. No, I'm the same way. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but And it's but, with love. Yeah. It's with love though. Even if she talks to you crazy sometimes, like, you know, she's coming from a good spot. Yeah. It's it's really for your betterment. Because it's like, I tell the the people that I am hard on that do try to, you know, come over and try yeah. to learn the sauce or whatever yeah. it might be. You got to be worried when I'm not talking to you no more. Because that's when you just, <laughs> if I'm no hard facts. on you, that means I see potential in you. I'm trying to push you because this, not everybody has this eye or can see mm-hmm. things in this certain space or know it looks good. Really. Yeah. So the people that, have been around me that do see it or have shown glimpses of making an edit or a transition that I'm like, that's different. Not a lot of people could do that. Yeah. I'm going to push them to try to get the most out of them because it's for their, it's for their own benefit. Yeah, and that's facts. what they don't realize. And that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like it's easy for you to basically like hand over certain parts of your process or are you kind of possessive over it? When you say handover, you mean like... Like when people are helping you, are they helping you with one specific project? Is it like maybe other client work you need help with? Or is it like, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to take it off my plate. And you have to like now trust them with that. Yeah, I can't. Like I still haven't found nobody that could really do it right. Yeah. Like there's some people that, you know, that I've been around that have gotten tremendously better over time. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of ten, like, people just not seeing that how I'm trying to see it. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, we're all entitled to our own visions and how we see things. But mm-hmm. sometimes, like, they be showing me something, I'll be like, do you really think that looks good? Yeah. Like, just, like, think <laughs> about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just think about yeah. it. Right? <laughs> Have somebody come over here, help me make a little Barry Sanders highlight the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know, put, he's one of the best running backs of all time. Like, you know, put him doing some crazy shit out there, you know, real, like, really getting jiggy. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, ankles, all of that. The first, like, three seconds of the video is, like, the ref. Like, Barry's, like, running by the ref in slow-mo. You see his back. It, it stays on it for, like, five seconds. And then it goes off the screen to the... And then he cuts to the to the hot. And I'm like, do you, do you think people would have stayed on that video looking at that ref? You know, yeah. I have this weird thing about backs. <laughs> I really hate seeing backs. Like in photos and videos. Jersey, I agree. Yeah. No, for real though, because <laughs> right, it's right. like. Because what's the point? Yeah. There, we're using it in the wrong. Mo- like you're opening yeah. the video yeah. with some the 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 main subjects yeah. back turned to us yeah, with the ref. It's crazy. It's crazy. But it's like genuinely. You and, can't and again, teach it, like, bro. I'm telling you, you can't really, teach it. He really is like trying though. It's like. You can't teach it. He's like, I've seen him help me with my website, be over here and like working on it all all night, coding some shit, right? Like really working hard. And I'm like, oh, like he got some work ethic. Shout out to my boy Chandler. But mm-hmm. like he made a whole crazy ass animation that I got on my site on my portfolio page following, mm-hmm. you know, a template, a code, learning how to do it, really getting in there and doing the code. But it's like, there's instruction for that, mm-hmm. right? People wonder in this world, they'd be like, oh, I need to get more money. I need, we see all these strikes happening. They're banging drums and shit on the Sheraton every day, Mm -hmm. literally. And I'm like, you need to learn a skill. Like he did the website in a night, stayed up, got exhausted, got it done. But anybody could do that. Mm -hmm. You can go work any job, get trained two weeks. Cool. You can't spend the two to four years I did in college that I perfected or I hate perfect, but mm-hmm. I, you know, tried to master my skill set as much as I could because yeah. this world pays for skills, not jobs. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a skill set, you're forever going to be running around trying to pay the bills. No, nah, that's a fact. But you just, I mean, I'm I'm torn because I feel like obviously you can learn skills, but I just feel like in this creative space, like you just either have it or you don't. You like, it. that's just how I feel. Yeah. And it's like, whatever that it wrong. is, it looks different for different people, right? Yeah. The it yeah. could be your eye. The it could be how you edit. The it could be, maybe it is the technical part of it sometimes. But like, right. some people just ain't got it. Yeah. You can be working all day and night at this. Mm-hmm. And you still suck. Yeah. You suck. Respectfully. That's it. You yeah. still kind of suck. No, it's suck. not kind of. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's tough because it's like, yeah. I can't teach you. And you when you get to a certain yeah. level, it's like, I don't really have time to teach you. And people mm-hmm. get offended by that. But yeah. it's like, right. I don't, bro, because I spent so much time doing my 10,000 hours. You got to mm-hmm. go do yours. And if I see that your 10,000 hours ain't getting you better, yeah. you need a new skill. Yeah. Creative energy is a non-renewable resource. This shit is like... <laughs> that shit is not <laughs> recycling up there every day. Like, I'm always thinking about stuff for sure. But there's times where I'm like, damn, like, 
I'm in a rut right now. Like I gotta step away. Like I can't think of nothing right now. Yeah. You will think yourself out of a project because you thought so much about it, and maybe you were occupied during that time. Mm-hmm. And when it's time to get back, you like, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when you write it down, sometimes you can't get back to that can't. place you were at. So you it's can't. like, bro, no, I can't teach you. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't give it to you. Cause I ask you all the time, could you help me? Learn how to take photos better. No. And you say no. I can't teach you. And I think going back to like my can't master teach you, class. Bro. Like I hate the word master because like I don't feel like I'm a master in what I do. Yeah. Because I don't feel like anybody is necessarily a master. Sure. Like you could be really good at it. But yeah. that whole master and master class and like, like we got one master. That's, yeah. <laughs> he, he up there. He makes it possible for us to do what we do. But like yeah. I want to like lead people in the direction of more so just like life advice, really. It's like, yeah. it's a masterclass trying to give you the sauce of how to be successful in your lane. Like I have modules in there from invoicing, from mm-hmm. from business talks to people skills to yeah. like, you name it. Like I'm just going down the line mm-hmm. and it's like, how do you get in a room and, and close a deal? The person who names mm-hmm. the price first loses. And it's like, certain people don't understand that. They'll go in there and, you know, shortchange themselves and walk up out of there and, you know, I've been blessed to work to this point in my life now where, like, I could turn down jobs. Like, I got mm-hmm. to take every job. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, my value to me is worth more than, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, an edit for— 250 Yeah. Like— 125 I was going to say 2000 but yeah. <laughs> Here we go. He got his big boy pants on. <sighs> Chance, you got some work to do. Oh, That's shoot. all that means is that you got some work to do. Different lanes. Like I'll do a flyer for two fifty. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but we talked about that too when it's like you first came to California. What was the conversation? It's about being versatile. I mean, this nigga said to bring in more to the table. Sorry. So that you can get into that space to where you could be worth that. He, if I'm spending, like we joking about the the two months on an edit, but it's like if this is what. I'm doing, right. you can't get it for cheap. Like, let's be honest. And I don't know, maybe you might be too young for the reference, but like Frank Lucas was giving out Blue Magic. He was selling that good stuff for the low. Honestly, a lot of creatives is doing Blue Magic mm-hmm. because they selling it just to get on the corner, yeah. just to get in the room. They want to be on the block. Mm-hmm. They don't want the exclusivity. They want everybody to get it. Yeah. Well, you got to set the price low. You pricing everybody out the business. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, cool, but then what happens? Now you undersell the product, not all these creatives doing whatever for the low. Right. But it's like you keep your value high. The demand for it look different because it's like, hmm. Remember how the iPhone used to be when it first came out? It was $700, $800. You couldn't get no AT&T plans or nothing like that. You literally had to buy the phone outright. Yeah. If you had the first iPhone, second iPhone, people thought you was rich. Yeah. Now everybody getting them. They yeah. giving them for free. Trade in any phone would give you $13,000. Yep. But back then it was like, if you got an iPhone, people thought you literally was rich. Yeah. When they changed the whole mantra to, we need one in everybody's hand, the value not the same. People don't upgrade no more. Yeah. People like, man, this shit ain't changed since the iPhone 11. Right? Right? Yeah. But back in the day, the lines used to be down the street 
for an iPhone. Sheesh. Down the street. Yeah. Whole different vibe now. It's like, man, we'll just we're just buying them online. Yeah. He set his price at two thousand dollars for whatever it might be. No, that's low, low ball. Yeah. Cool. I need about ten racks. Because the other thing is, I say it all the time. I'm shopping around my clients. I don't want you. Yeah. If you only see me worth two fifty, mm-hmm. I don't want to work with you because yeah. nine times out of ten, you're probably a client from hell. Yeah, facts. You're and probably nagging. Another- you want it tomorrow. You think that you're my only client? Crazy. Yeah. Nah, that's true. Like, let's keep it 100. When yeah. when when you doing gigs that's starting to get in them $1,000 ranges, yeah. don't the vibe be a little different? Every little time. Bit, yeah. Even if they put a little bit more pressure on you, they understand that now, too, that they're paying you for that. Mm-hmm. Versus it being like $100 for little Timmy's, you know, graduation pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I need them tonight if you can. I know you're busy. I know you're still in the car. I know you just left my house. Can you please get me those pictures? No. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and it's like, like, stuff like that is not going to do nothing for my career or my life. Exactly. So, like, I'm going to get to that when I get to that. I don't care if if you're my best friend. Like, yeah. <laughs> get to it when I get to it. If you're not paying me, it's curtains for you. I'm sorry. $2,000. Speaking about this price and this money talk, another thing I want to talk about. About We're it. damn near in a recession right now, right? It's it's bad out here. Silver. Yeah. And <laughs> silver for us. In this lane, I'm seeing a lot of people, creatives, whether it's, you know, teachers of a certain sort, a, a basketball trainer or whatever it might mm-hmm. be, right? They're charging their clients or the people they used to work with, you know, double, triple, whatever it might be. I'm looking at that like it's kind of crazy when it when it comes to like you're now doing that because you got to pay some bills. The whole time, like you wasn't really charging them like that. Like I've seen some creatives charge like their clients, like a, up it a little more, and they try to justify it or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. For me, I'm challenging. Like, like I like to challenge all creatives to mm-hmm. use your 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 contacts or your your clientele as your leverage to sell your own products, mm-hmm. to sell your sound pack, to sell your masterclass. So mm-hmm. you're not taking money out of their pocket. But as a friend, relationship, whatever, just by working with them yeah. and making good content for them, people know, oh, he's he's valid. Yeah. He has this roster of clientele. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go buy his stuff because I could use that in my stuff and maybe make the work look similar. Mm-hmm. Versus, okay, nah, I'm just going to charge my clients more to pay my rent. Nah, I'm just going to use the leverage that they've yeah. given me to now go sell my stuff. Yeah. And a lot of people, that's hard. That's harder to do. Much it harder. is harder to do. And yeah. people don't want to go down that road. But that's the real way to do it. And that's the yeah. way to, 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 to earn that respect and yeah. to keep it. Because yeah. I've been up, I've been down, and people don't know. Yeah. I've been in the red and still not going to ask for the money that many times I'm deserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just there's certain situations. It doesn't feel right. I'm not going to switch up who I am just because, you know, I'm down bad. And yeah. Because of that is the reason why I've been able to be in so many circles. Yeah. So. So. That's real. Let me ask you two more things before we dip. First thing is, how much does it cost you to leave your house? What's your price? That's a good question. It really varies on like what I'm shooting, whether it's like a passion project, whether it's you know, a certain individual that, you know, I've been yeah. following their journey. If it's for a longer, you know, a, a, 
longer piece, a, a yeah. bigger story, you know. Yeah. Like if I'm shooting somebody I've been shooting for years mm-hmm. and I and I got you seen the hard drives. Yeah. All that's doc footage. Yeah. You gotta get rid of them laces. You know? So yeah, they, yeah, they're the sometimes they're a little the risky. laces as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah but so I had lacing. something else before and it crashed on me and I had to pay four thousand to get it back. That's crazy. Sick. Yeah. I had a big 4, ass raid. Didn't even know it was on it. Four racks, get it back. Didn't even need none of it. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. But that that's life. Pissed me off. It, no, it did hurt. It pissed me uh-huh. off. That's life though. And it's like, you gotta you, you shit like that really just can't phase you. It's like if yeah. it phase you, it's like, bet, I gotta, I gotta make a piece this month to pay that back. Yeah. And it's like that's what your mindset gotta be. Yeah. But going back to your question. How much it cost you to leave that house? Mm, that's a good one. I don't know. I don't really have an answer. I so, don't. I mean, if we're talking like hourly rates, like I don't even like to do that. No, you don't seem like an hourly rate kind of guy. Nah. You seem like you're on a project basis. Yeah. I need about five racks to get out the house type of vibe. Yeah. That's what I'm getting from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I understand though. That's Well, you yeah, know, I, I mean, have that's... this thing that I call qualitative pricing versus quantitative pricing. And mm-hmm. it's like, it kind of goes to your point where it's like, mm, what's the quality of what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Is it something I want to do? You know, is it a camp? Am I giving back to kids? Is it... Right, right. Being with maybe an athlete or being at an event, is it right. something for my friends? Whatever, right? Is is it gonna get me to the next level, right? And mm-hmm. building that, and then it's the quantitative. I just want to back. Am I gonna do your workout for 150? Mm, probably not. Yeah. If you're the homie, maybe just because you're asking. Is it close by? Is it 15 miles? Is it 80 miles? Yeah, right. Talking about the workouts, because people ask all the time, like, how do you set your price? And it's like, I just feel like there's so many variables. There really you know is. It's like you, you price price your work to where you're gonna feel comfortable leaving the house. Like, yeah, if you're not feeling comfortable leaving the house with what you getting paid, then at the end of the day, that's on you. Whether to the bed. I'm you have it. Worked to get to that point to where you could charge more, or you know whether you just too bashful and charging enough. Like, yeah, you know it's just it's there's so many factors that go into it. Yeah. So, last question then before we bounce. You get a bucket list, mm. and on this bucket list, three people or events that you would like to shoot. Or events. You can do mm-hmm. events, mm-hmm. or you can give us three of each. Mm. Damn, that's crazy. Events? I don't. I don't even know if I have any event that I want to shoot. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I don't know. It probably wouldn't be an event I'd want to shoot. Maybe it would just be like tied to that person. Mm-hmm. So number one on my list is probably breezy. Like, mm-hmm. if I could film anything with Chris, whether that's like a vlog or anything creative or what I yeah. like, we use spaz like. Yeah, both creatives. His mind is crazy. Like, I still remember his first album. Like I'm, I'm at the crib with, with the little, like literally the CD, like oh my the God. CD player with the corded yeah. headphones, and I'm uh, like dusting the house. Did my it have $5 the, the anti shock or whatever? I don't know about all that, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. It, it did heat up. Though. You know what I'm talking about? No, I but actually like, do know this. It's, just, <laughs> it's like I just remember listening to like all 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 the class that first album. Like, yeah. Just, he's really a legend. Like, yeah. You know, if he never would have did what he did, like, yeah. he could be on a whole right other now. level. Like, thinking about it. So, yeah, he he's one. Um, damn. I don't, it's tough because it's like, I don't really like have like, you know, 
don't look at them as like fans. Like I'm not a fan to anybody well, yeah, necessarily, you know, but it's yeah. like for me, I mean, Seti Hendrix was one that was big. I was like mm. my favorite rapper for the longest. You did that like, this year, right? Yeah. Was it beginning of this year? Yeah. And like, it's funny. We were in Vegas. I was in Vegas with Isaac actually. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like begging me to go out one night and I'm not trying to go nowhere. I'm like, bro, I'm mm-hmm. not going to no club. I'm not yeah. spending no money. I'm good, bro. I'm just like, come on, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Finally caved in, went. I get there and Seti is the the guy that's performing mm-hmm. and it's just random because it's like yeah. not a lot of people know who Seti Hendrix is but that's like yeah. my favorite artist mm-hmm. and then I, I look at Zoe and I'm like see bro I should be filming this like I shouldn't be here like this, yeah. like, this is, don't feel right to me yeah. and he was like watch it's gonna happen you just spoke that into existence Yeah. less than five months later it happened and one yeah. of my boys from Atlanta knew him mm-hmm. connected us next thing you know I'm backstage doing the whole nine yeah. and he's commenting on my stuff and liking the stuff yeah I remember so it's like it to me dope. it's like whether he's on a certain level of fame, like right. like I shook Jay-Z's hand this summer, mm-hmm. meeting and doing the stuff with Seti was more important to me than that interaction. Yeah. It's like, it's just because I place my value on what I place my value on. Right. Yeah. So I think that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Gunna. <laughs> Gunna might be number three. I ain't gonna lie. I'll take Gunna. I ain't gonna lie. I'll take, I like I'll take I like Gunna. That. But it's if so I had different. to like switch it up and do like three more, clearly it's like a lot of music, right? Um, but like if I kept it basketball, um, the one person that I really want to work with is Kyrie. Like I think Kyrie's the Kyrie's most dope. skilled person to ever touch a basketball. Yeah. Like I'm not saying he's the best ever, but that just straight skill mm-hmm. that he could stuff that he could do with the ball, people can't do that. He can't move like that. Yeah. They're not doing that hezzy fake spin and, and against Steph and the, people not moving like that. So. Yeah. He'd be another one, but um, I really want to get into the, like the the girl music space and start like like Bia fuck with Bia heavy. Like the girl music space is popping right now. We need you. So it's like we need you. I ain't gonna lie. Like I know I could I could help them out a lot. Like I'm seeing yeah. some of this music stuff on here, and I'm like, it ain't really it. Uh, yeah. It just hurts. It yeah. hurts when you know you're capable. Yeah, it does. It does. And it's like, could I get into those rooms where I really wanted to? Like. Probably like Chris Brown gonna know, but like certain artists and certain I people. I feel like you can get into could. a room with Chris, bro. I, I know I could. They're all human, but it's like that yeah. seems a little more far fetched than nah. certain people. The proximity but we have, no you're not, way. You're not wrong. I mean, like, yeah, I, there's been, I can't even really name drop half the, the people that I like. I've there's no met, way. Known. I know you can get in them rooms. Yeah, we're gonna easily. get you in them rooms. Yeah. Chris, I, <laughs> if you see this, get my mans in this room. Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, I actually, I think I have people like actually kind of like That's working on that. Saying. Come like, on, man. People have like sent him my page and whatnot, and my but it's brother just like, been in a room with him. Yeah, I, I have mm-hmm. friends that are like really good friends with him. It's like it, it's proximity, you know. We gonna bring it. There. Proximity is everything. Yeah, proximity is everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I think it's like bound to happen eventually, yeah. but. Again, that's one of those things where it's like I'm not gonna force it. I'm not gonna rush it. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't. It's What's like, meant to be will always, will always it. be. Thanks. So, since you don't want to give us anybody that you really are a fan of per se, how about this? If you can have one conversation for two hours with somebody over dinner, who would it be? Damn. Real deep, real heavy, mm. real inspirational. Maybe even an intellectual conversation. Man, that's a tough one. I, I would say like you need to think about that then. Like a clone of an older me. 
for real. Wow. If I really wanted to really like That's give you an honest different. answer. Yeah. Wow. Because I'm like, it's like, I feel like. It's transformative. I feel like I've lived like every different type of life. I've been like, I, I grew up with a great life, right? Just mm-hmm. Suburbs, whatever. It's great. You know, I didn't, wasn't rich, wasn't poor, had everything mm-hmm. I needed. Um, but, you know, I've seen, went to the Dino, you know, had homies grow up. Compton, I was over there, spent three, like, three months in the summer over there, mm-hmm. yeah. like, going down to the fruit towns, like, driving through that just to get some yeah. of the chicken. Like, yeah. Yeah. look straight, bro. Look straight. Like, I've been, I've seen a lot of different things. I've yeah. traveled the world. I've been around A-list celebrities and in A-list rooms of the people you could turn on TV right now and see them. I feel like I've done it. Like, I've done that. And yeah. it's like, if I really wanted to have a conversation with somebody, it would be myself to, like, hold myself accountable for real. Man. Because I know what I got to do. Bit. I know what I got to do. It's not It's not no one really telling me, like, what you should do to do this or to get mm-hmm. to this certain point. And I think a lot of people will say, oh, I want this person or this person because they have the formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times the formula is just getting up off your ass and going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just betting on yourself. That's, That's the only formula there is. Get That's your it. ass up. Bet on yourself. <laughs> That's it. Everybody, Trial and error. Everybody. Burn and fail. Over and over. My dad Repeat. always told me growing up, he's like, I want you to fail. For the longest, when I was little, I never understood that. So it's like, when I started to fail, he was just kind of like, kind of happy with me in a sense because he knew I was trying something. And learning. He, and, and he yeah. wasn't mad. Being vulnerable. Like, At least you taking another step after yeah. you failed or whatever. It's like, you you, you keep, you're, you're going. And that's exactly. the only way you're going to prove. So That's real. We all humans at the end of the day and we all have our own journey to get where we got to be. Nine times out of 10, we know what we want to do, but we mm-hmm. avoid that. So for me, I'm talking to myself to hold myself accountable. That's a bar. That's a yeah. mic drop. A so great we'll, mic drop. We'll go ahead and end on that note. Thank you for allowing us to raid your home. Thank Excited you for, for uh, you know, what's to come for you. Yep. We appreciate likewise, you. Likewise. We appreciate you. We appreciate you joining us on the pod. So yeah, we got to do this again sometime. This was yeah, a good sure. conversation. For sure. Really this appreciate is, uh, you. This is a... Uh, Feels like uh, in this day and age where we have so much, you know, new content people, you know, getting getting back with, you know, one of the OGs and in, in this space and, you know, yeah. really speaking some light and, and some game onto, you know, hopefully somebody uh, could, could take some from this. Yeah, so. I think it's all perspective and it's like it stresses me out when people call me an OG, but I think I understand it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Paulo hit me with that the other day. It's crazy. He didn't realize how old I was. So he's in there like he... And I told him, like, yeah, bro, I'm 27. He was like, you an OG. I'm like. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's like from I'm that. grandma then. Like, I got <laughs> <laughs> crazy, right? But it's like, you think about it, like, Apollo 20. I know. I know. So it's like, when it's you get crazy. to that certain point and you kind of built that track record, it's like, these these people and your your peers and your people that you work with, it's almost like, it's a respect thing now. It's like, oh, yeah, they know you've facts. been there. You've done it. Yeah. You're not no weirdo. You're proving yourself. So I'm going to fuck with you. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. respect. So, oh, geez, we got to embrace it. Because uh, in this new world, there's a whole bunch of weirdos. And I, yeah. I, I'm going to let you know if you're a weirdo for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, though. <laughs> all right, man. Well, thank you. Thank appreciate you again. You. Yeah. This was a vibe. So appreciate y'all for tuning in. That's a wrap. I'm just glad to be here, man. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs>